Let's give glory to Jesus. Oh, we can do better. Let's give glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. God is good. And all the time. Or oh, we should say that as if we mean it. Amen. All the time. All the time, God is faithful. Amen. We are privileged for another day like this the Lord has given to us. We are thankful for his mercies that endure it forever. And we are blessed that today we did not find ourselves anywhere else but in the house of the Most High God. And I believe that as we have come together today as a family and as a united body, the Lord will show himself strong in our lives. Amen. And he will give unto us as he wishes that as we go forth, we shall go forth to do what he has called us to do. Amen. But let's bow our heads and pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you this very moment. Thank you that you are the word of the living. And your word is true. That every word of you, O oh God, doesn't go out empty, but it goes out to accomplish your purpose. We pray that as your saints, as we have gathered this very morning, may the power of you be evident in our lives today. May your word be true in the heart of your people, O oh God. May there be an awakening in the things that are dead. May there be an enlightenment in the things that is not yet seen. May you grant your people the strength and the hope that comes from you, that your name shall be highly exalted. We magnify your name, O God, and we praise you forever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The last, um, last week we began first with our new series on the topic or the title, Thy Will Be Done. Amen which we are going through the entire stages of the pattern of prayer that the Lord Jesus Christ taught us when he was speaking to his disciples or teaching his disciples how to pray. Amen. And I think this is a very important place of our life as Christians because it is necessary that when the scripture is saying that when Jesus Christ is teaching us the pattern of prayer, he says that you should say that that will be done on earth as it is in what? In heaven. It means that there is a will that needs to be done. Hallelujah. There is a will that needs to be done. But we are not asking of any other will, but the will that has already been established in heaven. Hallelujah. That is the will that we are seeking for on this earth. Because we know that if we are able to abide in the will of heaven, then we are in a safe place. Hallelujah. So this is not something that we can take for granted. You see, the truth and honest is this. You cannot yield to something, you cannot yield to the will of something unless you know the strength and the supremacy of it. Amen? If a child comes to you and says, give me this, most people will say, who do you think you are? David and Goliath, when the battle came and they looked at the different sizes, Goliath thought that because of his might and his strength, he had more authority over David. So he was not scared of David, but he was actually making fun of David and his God. But on the other side, David, knowing the God that he served, saw Goliath as something small. The rest of the army of Israel was afraid when they saw the size of Goliath. 
came to David, he was not shaken by the size of Goliath. I don't know what you have gone through in your process of life. Maybe sometimes what you see and what you are experiencing looks so big that you think that there is no help from anywhere else. But if we can be in agreement with David and know that the God that we serve is the living God, that his will shall be done, then it doesn't matter what we may face. It doesn't matter the mountains that you may be going through. It doesn't matter the challenges that may be coming your way. So you can, you can be able to stand before God in prayer and say, God, may your will be done. Because we know the will of God is greater than every other will. Because there is power in God's will. Because there is authority in God's will. His will is a permanent will. It's not a will that just comes and shows up little for a short period of time and it goes away. But the will of God is what we need today. If there be anything else that we as children of God we shall seek, we need to seek for this will of God. Not just for the future will, but the present age will. The every day of our life, we are seeking after this will and also knowing there is a greater future will for us. A place whereby there is no sorrow. A place whereby there is no sickness. A place whereby it is all things were made by God. Irrespective of this future will, there is also a present will. Say amen to Jesus. You see, if we, if we desire after this world, the gospel of John chapter 4 verse 34. And today I want us to really look at two main verses which is going to come from Isaiah 53 verses 10. Or Isaiah 53 verses 1 to 10. And then we are also going to be looking at Matthew chapter 11 verses 25 to 30. Amen. Powerful. He says that Jesus explained this. That my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. Who sent me and from finishing what? His work. So my assignment today is talking about what is required to obtain the will of God. And what Jesus Christ was saying is that my food, my food, my food is the will of God. What Jesus Christ depended upon was not anything else but the food that he desired after. What satisfied him was the will of the Father. Hallelujah. What should satisfy us every day of our life is that we are doing the Father's will. That is the will we should be desiring after. We all have our wills. When the Father dies, he lives back a will for his children. And it becomes only effective after his death. But there is a better will. And that is what God wants us to all yearn after. Say to yourself, there is a better will for me. Amen. So how do we acquire this will of God every day of our life? Because it's not just the future will, but right now, 
Are we living in the will of God? Because if we are living in the will of God, then we are assured that no matter what may, will come our way, we are in the will of the Most High. Hallelujah. So I want us to go to Isaiah 53, verses 1 to 10. I want to share some light to you briefly. Because it is necessary for us to understand when we talk about God's will, how does it look like? What is, what is it? When we say that we need to desire after God's will and walk in God's will every day, how does that look like? Hallelujah. Because what the Lord is trying to teach us today is that we need to understand this will so that we shall walk in this will every day of our life. So how does this world look like? And I read, verses 1 going. Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been what? Revealed. Now hear this. It says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. Amen? Now, keep in mind here that he, we, we are receiving the prophetic message of the life of Jesus Christ on this earth. Amen? This entire verse that I'm reading to you is about Jesus in his time here on this earth. And this was before Jesus Christ. Isaiah prophesying about the life of Jesus on this earth. So before he even came on this earth, there was a word. Concerning what he was going to go through. Before he came on this earth, there was a word concerning what he has to experience. He didn't get me here. See, sometimes if I have to tell you that my brother, I want you to do A, B, C, and D. But it is going to be difficult. Most of the time, our, the moment we know how difficult it is, the first response is, we can't do it. Most of the time, when we know that something does not feel good, we will not do it. If, if, if I had to say that the church, I have to go. I remember when we started in January and I said we are going for a 21-day fasting. Many people weren't happy. Can I say that again? And if you know that you were part of that, it's okay. Say to yourself, it's okay. It wasn't easy for 21 days. Because it doesn't feel good that the food is in the fridge waiting upon you. But yet you are refusing to eat. Because the instructions have come that we should wait upon the Lord. And then that is where people start to generate sickness in themselves. Pastor, if I don't eat after 12... My doctor says, I will, have, I will have this problem. Can, can I get a truth here? But I want you to understand the will of the Father so that we can what? Obtain how to walk in this will. So Isaiah 53, I read. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground, he has no form 
or commonness, he and when he and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. When we see him, there is no beauty in him. He's talking about Jesus Christ. That when they see the Son of God, they will not see any beauty in him. Hear it. He is despised and rejected by who? Oh, can I get a church here? Rejected by who? Can I get a church here? Rejected by who? The Son of God will be despised and rejected by who? Oh, can I get a church here? Men, speak louder. Rejected by who? Mm. Most people don't want to say it because we are going to fall into this. But we are the one that rejected the Son of God. Hear the word of the Lord. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And he, we hide, as it were, our faces from him. We hide our what? Faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Surely he, was, he has borne our griefs and carried our what? Sorrow. Yet we esteem him stricken, mitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our what? He was wounded for our what? He was bruised for our what? He was bruised for our what? He was wounded for our transgression. Not his transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. Who rejected him? Thank you. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are what? Healed. All we, all we like sheep have gone what? Astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. Mm. Can I say that again? We have turned to our own ways. We go about doing our own will. We choose what will pleases us. What we find satisfaction in. But hear this. It says, And the Lord has laid on him the iniquities of us what all. Not just some of us. But all of us. The Father took our sins and placed it on Jesus Christ. I'm still reading so you can understand the will of the Father. Hallelujah. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet, he opened not his mouth. He was laid as a lamp to the slaughter. As a sheep before its spears in silence. So he opened not what his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? He was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people 
he was stricken. For the wickedness, the transgressions, the sins of my people was placed on him. For the transgression of my people was, he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was, dece- nor, nor was any deceit, deceit from his mouth. Hear this. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When, he, when, when you make his soul an offering for sin, he will see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his what? Hand. Verses 10. It says, yet with all the affliction, all the things that Jesus Christ was going to go through, it pleased the Lord that it shall happen in such a way that his people shall be saved through his son Jesus Christ. You may have gone through your own pain and your own affliction. But I came to encourage you that Jesus has taken your pain and affliction on his shoulders. And it pleased the Lord that your victory will not come from your own strength. But your salvation will not come from no other. But it will come from what? Jesus Christ, the perfect one. Hallelujah. This Isaiah marvels my mind because you know what? What it shows us is that there was no perfect prophet that could go through what Jesus Christ went through. There was no perfect evangelist that could go through what Jesus Christ went through. There was no perfect pastor that could go through what Jesus Christ went through. There was no perfect apostle that could go through what Jesus Christ went through. There was no perfect father that went through what Jesus Christ went through. There was no perfect brother that went through what Jesus Christ went through. But it took only Jesus to go through that. That the entire sin of man was put on him. The entire shortcoming. He says we have all gone astray. But the will of the Father was that Jesus Christ shall be the chief cornerstone for us. The ultimate victory that Jesus Christ demonstrated here in 53, Isaiah 53 was that he had to go through that and end up on the cross. And on that cross, something happened on that cross. It was meant, it was part of the Father's will for Jesus Christ to end up on the cross. Because you and I, that was our destination on the cross. But he sent forth his son, Jesus Christ, to this earth. See, the ultimate victory of every believer, the ultimate victory of every believer is on the cross. Because when we look at the cross of Jesus, we are more than conquerors. The ultimate will of, the, of our victory in God is in the cross. Why do pastors, why do I say that? Because Satan used the cross as the end of humanity. 
Satan, our accuser, always will say, they are sinners. They are meant to be on the cross. They have gone astray. They are meant to be on the cross. But then the Father in heaven, because of his will, that his children, the people that he created, shall be saved, brought forth Jesus Christ to represent us on the cross. So when I see the cross, I see my place of victory. When I see the cross, I see my place of overcoming. When I see the cross, I know that I'm not meant to remain in this place or I'm not meant to remain in sin. I am meant to rise above sin and walk in the place of God. I can walk in the will of God because of the cross. If the cross was not there for you and I today, we will be doing this on our own. Whatever problems you may be going through, you'll be facing this problem on your own. But I came to challenge every believer, if we are going to try to desire after the will of God, we have to turn our eyes to the cross. When you look at the cross of Jesus, what do you see? When we look at the cross of Jesus, what do we see? Imagine the things that we have done wrong. We would have said, we are not, the father would have said, these children are not worth it. You know, the Lord was teaching me something. This is what. What do we do this, we use this for? Right? So if I give this to anyone, you know what you should do with this. Correct? What about if I give this to you? It's what? What used to be a cup? You are, it's what? It's destroyed. Okay. What else? So of no use, what else? Good. These are all very good. What else? The form has changed. It may not have the capacity to take all the water you want to drink. To most of us, what will we do? Throw it away. This was you and I. But the father said, no, I still want this, this cup. I still want my daughter. I still want my son. So the father still came and brought his son, Jesus Christ, to take us back that we shall have a new life in the, in the, in the son, Jesus. The father said, this is not, it's not gone wasted yet. Sometimes, whatever you have gone through in your life, you are thinking that this is the end of you. But God is saying, if you can just come to me, it is not wasted yet. If you can just look at the cross, it is not done with you yet. If you can look at the cross, that is where your life begins. If you can look at the cross, that is where your beginning begins. If you can look at the cross, there is still a new beginning for you. Because Jesus Christ had to bore forth our sins on that cross. That you and I can have a new beginning. You know, you and I can have a new hope. That there is a hope that is in Christ Jesus. This cup is not gone wasted. Your life is not gone wasted. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, chapter 1, verses 17 to 19. It says that Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 17 to 19. But to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, 
lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. For the message of the cross is foolish to those who are what? Perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is what? Power. Hallelujah. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of who? The wise. And bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Hallelujah. Sometimes in life, we think that it takes wisdom to do everything. But I came to discover that everything that is in the cross gives us more wisdom, sustains us. If we can be able to hold on to the cross of Jesus Christ and know what he has done for us, then we know that we are more than conquerors. You see, the will of God can only be obtained through knowing of what he went through. He obtained the will, the will of the Father by going on the cross to die for us. So how did he do this? Go to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew 11. How did he do this? And this is what I want to end with. Verses 25 to 30. It says, the word of the Lord says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hide these things from the wise and the prudent. The cross is what has power. He hide the things that you think that you are wise about. He hide it from us. Means that outside of him, outside of him, there is no wisdom. Hear this, and has revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knows the Son but the what? The Father. Neither knoweth my any man the Father save the Son. And he who and he to whomever the Son will what? Reveal him. Verse 28, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you what? Rest. I will give you what? Okay. Take my joke upon you and learn from what? Me. Huh. Learn from who? So Jesus is teaching us something here that we need to learn something from him. And what is that? He says, For I am meek and lonely in heart, and ye shall find rest upon your souls. Where is the rest hidden? In your ability, in him, in your ability of being able to walk as a child of God in meekness and in lonely in heart. So God, what are you saying here? He says that all you who are heavily burdened, come to me and you shall find what rest. Learn from me. Learn from who? Him. What are we learning from him? He says, I am meek. I am lonely in heart. What is the Lord teaching us here, brothers and sisters? You see, the will of God cannot be obtained. With your own self. It takes the spirit of God.
to teach you, guide you, and direct you in the Father's will. It takes your ability to walk in the obedience of the Holy Spirit. But what makes the will of God, an interesting thing that I want to speak on briefly before I end. And that is why Jesus Christ said, learn from me. He is the son of God. He could have come on this earth with his might and his power and destroy everything as he chooses. But he chose to go through the form of man and go through the pain, go through rejection so that he will be able to put all those shame and the rejection that you go through on his shoulders. And the interesting thing is, the evil one thought, putting him on the cross, he had defeated the Son of God. But little did he realize that God has taken the victory. You see, naturally, we all have ways we like to do things. We all want to prove ourselves right. We all want to feel like this is my way. Children want to tell their parents, you don't get it. Our time and our generation, this is how things are done. Can I get an amen here? Husbands and wives are continuously in contention because somebody has to be right. Somebody always feels like they have to be right. I really want to preach this to you, my brothers and sisters. In our place of work, there are times that we want to feel like we are the even greater than the boss. Why do I have to be the one to do this? You always make me do the, the messed up work. I want to bring this down. So you can understand this. Why am I always the one going through this mess? But you see, they may think they got you. But if you're able to demonstrate meekness and low-heartedness, God will use that to glorify you. You see, Satan expected that he was going to be in contention with Jesus. There was going to be a battle. So as he was being whipped, he kept his mouth quiet. Because remember that this same Satan came to Jesus after he had fight, fasted for 40 days. And he said that if you are really the son of God, speak to these stones and it shall turn into bread. So he knew as Jesus spoke, something can happen. So he knew that if Jesus would not speak at that time, that if he can take Jesus Christ through the torture, through the affliction, through the pain, sometimes when somebody is doing something against you, it is not about the business of what you want to say next. But sometimes just depend on the Lord and keep your mouth quiet. And go on your knees in prayer. Because Jesus Christ in the midst of all things 
He said, Father, I wish you could take this cup away from me. But he came to the conclusion, not my will, but your will be done. And in the midst of it, as Jesus Christ went through the pain and affliction on the cross, the evil one thought that he would still say something, that I am the son of my God. Why am I going through this? But the Bible makes us understand in Isaiah 53 that he kept his mouth quiet because he demonstrated meekness and loneliness. And out of his meekness, out of his loneliness of heart, he went on the cross and take, took care of that victory. The will of God is not obtained by your natural ability or natural strength. You have to work it the way of the Father. His will says be meek. His will says be lonely in heart. Because if you are, I will take you to the expected end. He did not forsake his son Jesus Christ. He will not forsake you. If we can ask the Holy Spirit to make us meek, then it will, we will see the joy between our children and the parents. We will see the joy within our marriages. We will see the joy within our workplaces. Because God will give us rest. When all things should be troubling us, we are restful. Because the natural thing says, fight back. Speak your mind. Let him know where you stand. But Jesus Christ says, be meek. Because he says that he will lift up the humble. And the pride, he shall bring it down. To obtain the will of the Father, you need to be meek and to be lonely in heart. If we think that our natural sense, naturally this is how you should respond. But Jesus Christ says, I've already taken your burden upon my shoulders. Why are you responding as an angry person? Why are you walking around angry? Why are you walking around with so much discouragement and so much shame? He's bore all this on his shoulders. So you will be able to walk in a life that is victorious. The natural sense says, fight back. But the Spirit of God says, be meek. We need to be able to obtain this meekness. We need to desire to be meek in every ways of our lives. Because if not, a lot of times we will go ahead of God. Hear me, church, because the truth needs to be spoken. The reason why sometimes we don't see the glory of God in a lot of things in our life is because we go ahead of God. Can I say that again? We go ahead of God. We fight our own battles. But when you are meek and you are lonely in heart, remember both lonely and meekness or gentleness are things that are very low. God says that rest upon me. 
Rest upon my word. If it was your battle, then you could have gone to the cross. I read Isaiah 53 to make us understand that if we look at what Jesus Christ went through, that is what you and I should have gone through. We should have been beaten. We should have been rejected by our own families, by our own loved ones. Everybody around us that we used to think they didn't love us should reject us. But he went through that for you and I. That that would not be your story. That even when you go through it, know that you've already come out of it. Because Jesus is your Savior. To obtain the will of the Father requires meekness and loneliness, lonely in heart. Where you are humble, say, God, use me as you are pleased. We need to stop going ahead of God and let God go ahead of us. That we shall be able to obtain the will of the Father. May the Lord bless us. Amen. Let's all rise on our feet.